0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: You got that good hair, too. You like what? I like girls with that light complexion look. man, you're a moron. I can't help it. What, being a moron? Yeah, that too. You're the first one out there with a dashiki talking that crap.
2: I'm a victim.
1: Good hair.
0: Nigga, you so brainwashed.
2: I'm a victim, brother. problem. A victim. A victim
1: of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned.
2: (laughs)
0: The Pittsburgh Steelers getting, getting puffed all over the field by the Baltimore Ravens so far. you so bad, you
1: Anyway, enough
0: with the venom. I'm Scott Burks. Um, welcome to the Clown Hour. I'm also the creator of the sports blog, The Clown Times. As Clownsville, K. You'll be able to find me on the web at www. dot Net. And um, if that's not bad enough. <laughs> You can also find me on Facebook, uh, just at to the tool with some fans and, 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 and followers. Uh just do a search for the clown Town, scare again, it's clown scale bouquet on Facebook. And the Facebook search window you'll be able to find me. Well, we got a lot of a lot of crap going on in the sports world. First Roger Goodell, uh, Miss Helen of the uh, Ray Rice domestic violence uh a domestic violence, um incident. In Atlantic City way back when, and also with uh, one uh, Bruce Levinson, the actual owner of the uh, of the Atlanta Hawks, his controversial email. Uh, the question is: Is it race? Was a racist? Was he just a straight-up businessman? Uh, if we have time, we'll get to that. But uh, at any rate, I'm gonna talk uh, about Roger Goodell first with uh, my man Chris Dupay. Y'all know him. He's been on some. Sub- many, many uh, podcasts, and uh, soon uh, we'll be joined by uh, uh, Dwayne Nash from HBCU Sports, Faster Yard, uh, to get his perspective as well. But Chris is here right now, so I'm just going to show on the road. What's up, Lupe?
2: Hey, how you doing?
0: Uh, you tell me, brother. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm just watching, like I said, watching the Pittsburgh defense just get like curve down up and down the field by the Ravens, making the Ravens look like the Colts of old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess the, the like Cowboys have a defense that's actually worse than them. <laughs>
1: it's worse than their own defense last year.
0: <laughs> exactly. This it is pathetic. But anyway, nothing about that. Um, well, I'm sure you know what's been going on with Roger Goodell's mishandling of the Ray Rice domestic violence incident. Uh, you know, a lot of people are calling for, excluding yours truly, calling for Goodell to, to step down or be fired as commissioner of the NFL. Um, you've got many fans. Like I said, you've got many fans out there. you got the, the president of NOW, the National Organization of Women, calling him out in a skating commentary, as well as one Keith Oberman, laid him out, too, which was an epic verbal smackdown, I might add. But let me let me get your uh, just get your perspective. Should Roger Goodell, aka Roger the Devil, be fired?
2: I'm
1: gonna say. Well, I ask this question first. How many okay. of us have made misjudgments or mistakes in our lives? Oh, Whether have. that be. We all have. Okay. Whether that be personal yeah, or professional, have. I don't know anybody that's not made a mistake at work. You know, uh, late okay. on a project or. Um, you know had to come up with some some data and, and misjudge the numbers. Uh we've all made mistakes, you know. Um so and uh he made a mistake in my opinion initially when he only when they only went to get having all the evidence. But I'm right. pretty sure he was under pressure to make some type of um some type of decision, you know, because the masses wanted something to happen before the season started. Um, sure. I don't know. Um, so he, he gave him a two-game suspension, which was an insult um, on a lot of different levels, especially with the right. fact that uh, you can, uh, you know, basically what they said was you can, you know, take drugs and cheat and, you know, get four games, <laughs> you know. So, that, so basically they're saying cheating is worth more than, um, you know, um, mishandling a lady. I disagree with that. He admitted he made that mistake. You know, he said he based that on, you know, Ray Rice having been clean up to that point. Um, and I don't know that um, – I don't know if they saw the tape. You know, uh, that's hearsay right now. Um, right. But it's not really fair to do double jeopardy just because even if you already knew, he, whatever happened in the elevator, um, the lady ended up unconscious. Okay, the right. elevator door open. It doesn't matter whether he hit her or kicked her, and they said they hit each other. Okay, so they admitted that so they didn't try to lie. So he knew that they hit it, that he that obviously Ray Rice hit her in order for her to be unconscious. So all the facts were already there. We just didn't see visually what happened. So, right. Um, in my opinion, it was a, a pendulum swing. You know because. It was already outraged for the, the mishandling in the first place. It was a mistake. You know, he admitted that. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. We we have to see if he, whether or not they, he saw the um, video or not. You know, how do we know he's telling a lie or telling the truth? It's all it's all subjective right now because we don't exactly. know for sure That's what happened. That's
0: a whole other story. Right. It is.
1: So, um, again, we've all made mistakes at work. You know, all made mistakes on the job. It doesn't matter how much money you make in that job, whether it be $10 an hour, or in his case, $44, $44 million, million a year. <laughs> yeah. We, everyone makes a mistake, you know, so should he be, you know, so it's, it's – um, I think we should you – know, and, again, I don't agree with the Ray Rice thing at all, at all, what, what, what he did in any way, shape, or form. But I, sure. in this specific instance, we're talking about um, what we think about uh, Roger Goodell, and you know, he made a mistake, he admitted it, you know, so I guess we have to see where it goes now if he's telling the truth or lying about having seen the video, the second video.
0: Yeah, right. Well, here's how I come out on it, and, and you, you already have an idea why I come out on it, but I'm just going to just share it anyway for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all know that I'm not the biggest fan of Roger Goodell. I, I thought that he was a fraud when like, when he started at, like, making himself, like, Judge drew an executioner. I didn't like the way he handled a lot of things, such as the whole spygate. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, the whole spygate thing with the Patriots, mm-hmm. especially the Gate with the Saints. I thought that was a complete joke.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought
0: that he just went so overboard; it was just not even funny. Of course, with the fires, with the with, with the hitting, with like with the uh, alleged headshots by one James Harris and a few others um, you know, turning football into power puff before our very eyes. You know, just to skirt the whole concussion issue and now this. And the reason well, why I say it is is because... I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Can go ahead, I'll let you finish.
0: Oh, okay. Well I well I was just, just, just going to say but you know, the whole thing with him saying that at first he said that they have they they, they pretty much led us to believe that he saw, he be Roger Goodell and company saw the video of the, of what the uh, saw the elevator video before everybody else did, right? right. You know, because remember when he when Goodell said, said one of his his, his his flunkies to to like like to different like radio shows like you know Mike and Mike most notably to try to explain why they chose only to suspend Ray Rice two games. Um, and whatnot. So they all led us to believe that they saw the video. Then fast forward a few months later, and, 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 and also include with that the, the, the Ravens themselves handled it shameless, like, like pretty shamefully as well. We'll get to the team in a minute. Fast forward like several months later until like, what, two days, two or three days ago when the whole video of the elevator, uh, of the elevator video was shown thanks to TMZ. Um, we saw that he just co cocked her. Basically he got they got on the elevator. I don't know if they were arguing that they 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 appeared to be agitated. You know, and, 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 and basically she he she spat on her cutters out twice, she came at him and he just knocked her ass out. <laughs> he knocked her the fuck out. I mean just plain simple. I mean he it was almost like a he-got-game situation, like when Denzel Washington knocked out Ray Allen's mother, right, and ended up killing her. And it's similar to that, I mean, his, I mean, his, his fin fiancee could have been seriously hurt. Yep. And the thing is, is that, and, 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 and couple that with the fact that Roger Cadell reversed course, kind of, you know, so to speak, and came up with this domestic violence, like, uh, 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 referendum, they're saying if you struck a woman, if this your first offense, you get six games, and the second offense, you would get, like, I think, banned for life, I think.
2: Yeah. And
0: um, like with like no in between. So that's just pretty much if you put two and two together, let you know that, A, he didn't really see the – like uh, either he didn't see the video or understand it, or he just didn't get it the first time around. So that makes right. sense. And then when, when, when Roger Goodell had to go on different shows, a couple of the different shows, saying that he had no knowledge of the actual TMZ video being at headquarters, the AP comes out, which the AP, like I checked, is pretty damn reputable,
2: mm-hmm.
0: said that they sent, uh, it said, it said that like the uh, police or someone from the casino sent a video to the NFL's office, headquarters. So out uh, of someone's lying, Oh, so was lying. <laughs> okay. So my whole thing with Cadell is that he was obviously wasn't forthcoming. He's having his quote unquote own independent investigation, which is called for I'm um, scrambling for finances. And, you know, it's just not a good look. And now you have, like I said, the, the, the president of now, the National Organization of Women call him out. You have one Keith Oldman Laying a verbal smackdown on the show the other night, and many Congress. other pundits. I'm sorry.
1: Don't forget about Congress. Congress has gotten involved do again. Don't forget about yes. them. There you go.
0: There you go. Yeah. So basically, as a commissioner, you have uh, as a commissioner of uh, a professional professional sports league, you have two jobs. Primary two jobs: a, make the owners money, and b, don't make the league look bad he did he made the league a lot of money but he's really making the league look really 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 bad right now, and that's why I've been so aggressive on him having to answer some way somehow
1: yeah, okay let's go back to and I, let's go back to something you said a little while ago um, okay. about the other mishaps that he about the bounty gate, which um a lot of penalties went through you know, well before they had a chance to, to know all of the facts. Um, and what else did you mention? You mentioned um, you know, something else that he, uh, that, oh, yeah, yeah, um, the New England Patriots um, and Spygate. Yeah, Spygate. Mm-hmm. Now, the point that you made is that he pretty much works for the owners, all right? right. Players have their own association president. He works for the owners. If the owners are not in an outcry mode, then why should he lose his job? Now I preface that i right. I say that just out of fact that he works for them, not because we have to agree with everything that the owners like. Because we understand right. that you know that they're in a different elite club than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But right. it's the same thing, like um, you know, if you have um, if you're a CEO of a company that's publicly held, you know, um, as long as the shareholders are happy, as long as the board of directors are happy. Yeah, you can make a mistake. You can, you know, put a um, product together that doesn't work. And if they're, okay oh, if they're satisfied, then you still get to keep your job. It's when the when they have an outcry is when you lose it. Um, right. So if you know, with all those different things, like you think about how Bounty Gate hurt the Saints for two seasons. At least mm-hmm. this looks like the first season they're probably going to be out of that because they had to get readjusted to having their coaching staff back last year. Um, right. So they messed him up for two seasons. You didn't hear any Benson, uh, outcry from Benson, the owner. Um, Spygate, you know, we didn't really hear Kraft say anything or the competition didn't mean anything. They let the penalties go, and they didn't say anything. So if the owners aren't crying about cry, – and, and he had him – he just suspended Ursay for, what is that, six games, okay, for doing the same thing that some of his players do, you know, driving around high you know, with stuff in the car you're not supposed to have. You penalize him. There's no outcry from that. So if the owners are not going to outcry on this yet, then why should we ask for his job? That's their job to do. Yeah, yeah
0: that's a good point. And now that's why I, I think that he'll never get fired because the owners like him too much.
1: There, I mean, why, okay, there you go.
0: I mean, why, Like, why, why, why would they? He's made them a ton of money. Like I said, mm-hmm. a, a, a commissioner has one and two jobs, has two jobs. Make the mm-hmm. owners a whole lot of money and don't make the league look bad. I think as long as, as as long as you're making the money, then he's not going anywhere. I mean, you hear Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, come out in full support of him. You also have like other uh Jerry don' exactly. Jerry Jones coming yeah. out, you know. So basically, I mean, look, look. I know deep down he's probably not. Goodell is probably not going to go anywhere unless there's a huge smoking gun somewhere that's unspeakable, right. right? Right. But I just, I'm just saying. I mean, you got. I mean, not. I mean, not that Congress has more. Does have more important things to worry about? Like I don't know the like jobs and uh huge <laughs> deficit and and terrorists overseas and whatnot. Thank but you. hey exactly.
2: Right? Exactly. You know uh, but, I agree with but, that
0: totally. You <laughs> know, but you I mean but exactly but the whole thing is is that I just think it's a bad look for the league. And so unless I mean but but the thing is if he if Goodell did lie and here's what I'm stuck on. If Goodell did lie about not seeing or seeing a video, whatever, that I, I just don't know how, even, even, even though the owners were, like, just, were made for the rich because of Cadell, partly because, of, mostly because of Cadell, I mean, I don't know how he could keep his job if he lies about something that heinous. I mean, just not seeing the video, I mean, that's just the that, reason I want to believe that he has no credibility whatsoever. Okay,
2: let's go – well, hold on.
1: Hold on. Again, let's look at who he's employed by and look at what his job is, okay? Sure. His job, Mm -hmm. which is what you said rightly, that is to make them money, okay? So part Mm -hmm. of his job is also to keep the moneymakers on the field, which is the players. So he has a a delicate balance between, you know, um, making the league look good and and administering discipline and also – you know, hey, we need to have star players on the field as much as possible because that's what put, but, puts butts in seats, okay? So looking at this objectively, objectively, okay, all right, and so look, and who, first of all, we don't know, when he said saw the video, who knows, he might still be talking about the first one that we all saw. He may not even be aware of the second, okay? Because it was an initial yeah. video that everyone saw about, them, about him coming, about the couple coming out of the elevator, who knows? He might be talking right. about that one, okay? So we don't know that for sure. But okay. let's go back to the fact that, you know, all right, he also works for the Ravens owner who have a star player, you know, who uh, has never made a mistake before, does really good work in the community, um, right. and is popular in the Baltimore area. All right, so, yeah, we know that he knows the Goodell knows the facts of the case. Um, all right, we give him a two-game suspension. That was a mistake. But, hey, we st- he's still a good guy based upon what I know as Roger Goodell. We still need to get him back on the field as quickly as possible. He's going to miss the first two games of the season, and we'll put him back out there. Hopefully this blows over. Maybe that's what he was thinking. hmm Okay. Part of his well, job, too, yeah. is to make them – that's what, you know, Ray Rice um, as a Baltimore Raven puts butts in seats in, in M&T Bank Stadium. Okay. He sells jerseys. He um, you know, helps make the league money by appearance fee. So league being you know, starting with um the uh the owner of the Browns model, owner of the um you know what I'm talking about, the Ravens. Okay, so he so Ravens, and that's part of his it. job too to get the right. That's part of his job too, to make sure that he keeps people on the field that can play. So mm-hmm. I just throw that out there. That's part of his job too. He has to balance a whole bunch of different things. And who knows? Like like I said, maybe he meant if he said, "Oh, yeah, I saw the video," you know, until he realized there's another one. Well, we tried to request it. Maybe he had someone request it and they didn't get it. I mean, how many times? How many communication issues are there in organization? You tell me. You know, how many emails get sent that aren't read that aren't understood? You know, how many conversations happen in the hallways and passing that you know aren't totally Heard, you know. How do we know what happened? You know, somebody says, "Yeah, Goodell should have seen that second video. Maybe didn't get to him. You know, maybe whoever had it is no longer working there." You know, there's a lot of things that we don't know. You know, it's it's, it's the the way the the the, uh, the media thing works is almost like a wildfire in grass. You know, sometimes sure. things can take off really quickly. You know, without having all the facts. You know, and people we're in. Because we have the talking heads that make have opinions that you know have loyal followings, you know we hear we we, we see we we hear we get information from them, you know if we don't have all the facts, then um, you know we think someone won an election before the election is already over, you know that type of thing, you know it, it, so how do we know really what happens? All the facts come out.
0: That's fair, man. That's fair. That's that's very fair. I, I'm just saying right now. From a PR standpoint, it doesn't look good for Roger Cadell. That that's all I'm saying. Just just right that's now. True. It's not true. looking good for the cat. It's not looking good for the commission. So it's it's fascinating what where we should go from here. And speaking of the Ravens, and you allude to the you alluded to this, I was gonna ask about their kind of ability, their capability and all this. Um mm-hmm. I don't I'm not I don't think they could ever be quote unquote punished for it. You can't really punish them. Right. It's just that they you know it's kinda of hard to call it because, you know, like you said, the the, the owner, Steve Bashotti, made way was a business decision. He did not want his star running back to get hammered by so hard because he's one of the best players, at least on offense. Right. And the thing is that it's but he doesn't look good, but so good either because it's almost as if from reading the tea leaves, reading different reports, it's it's, it's almost as if he knew there was a tape, but he didn't want to know what was on the tape. If that makes sense. Mm.
2: Yeah, and
0: that's like the not ability. Yeah, Excuse me, and you know it's not a good look for him either. So the whole thing is, and it's a more of a philosophical question. Do, win, do wins and losses matter than like crimes against women in some cases? I mean, this league is—I don't want to say—they're full of white beaters or, or, or women beaters, but there are quite a few of them, mm-hmm. and you know, who, who've gotten away with you know stuff, unspeakable stuff. I mean, it's just—it's just where are our priorities, man? Where are the priorities?
1: Well, it's think just, about it's just a this sad
0: commentary. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna—I agree wholeheartedly partly with that, because um, you know, it's a microcosm of society. I mean, if you think about, um, you know, you got these young men who, um, for the most part, uh, were coddled more than you and I, okay, growing up. Yeah. You know, as far as, you know, they, once it's discovered that they can, you know, do something on a football field in this case, they're coddled more right. than you and I were, okay? Oh, sure. um, How many times have people offered to, you know, tutor us, and then take our test for us while we went and played ball. How many people have um, said it's okay about, you know, we did something, boys will be boys, it's okay, we won't tell anybody, you know. How many times have have you and I got that royal treatment, you know, and think about, um, you know, <sighs> University of Cincinnati, for example. I'll use that, so that's the place that I've been and got to see what their facilities look like for the athletes. Okay, yeah. looks like um, a Hilton. Okay, um, and it looks like a shrine. Okay, I right. never lived that life, you know, growing up. So the so what happens, you know, when you go through sports and athletics and you're good, is you get coddled a little bit, all right. So what, right. right. what change, you know, so now all of a sudden, you have they get out of college, which sometimes they don't have to finish on their own like you and I did, all right, in the way that you and I did they get thrust into an environment where everything you do now is under a microscope. And if you do the same thing you did in school, you get in trouble. Okay. Um, Don't you think that there's still some of that mentality there that says, oh, we're going to call our athletes because we want them to play. You think that's not there? You know, you have Goodell who hired to drop the hammer, but don't you think that in some cases the um, owners are going to hide some of that stuff and try to sweep it under the rug, you know, Let's let it go real quick so I can get my you know guy back on the field so we can win, so we can get money. Don't you think some of that is still there?
0: Oh, sure. It would be naive if we didn't think it was there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I would totally understand it if an owner um, tried to you know hide something that one of his players did or tried to whitewash it so they could play because that's what they did in college. That's what they did in high school.
0: I just worry about, and I'm not going to turn into a whole philosophical thing with with, uh, with uh, Ray Rice's wife about battered women and whatnot. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just think it's a, you know, cut, like like couple of the Ray Rice incident with what's going on with Greg Hardy of, of the Carolina Panthers and Ray McDonald of the 49ers who are still playing. By the way, it's, it's just a sad commentary, and and, and Hardy. If, if if the reports are correct as as alleged, held this girlfriend a gunpoint. Friend that girlfriend at gunpoint. gunpoint what that that if that's not more heinous than if that's if that's not is knocking a woman out, I don't know what is.
1: So that's should, again, yeah, that's just a the bad field. commentary. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's a bad sign, you know, because it shows where the team's priorities are. Yeah. It shows where their priorities yeah. are.
0: Well wow. yeah, it is well. And it is a point is, was made earlier.
1: Be... Uh-huh. Uh someone made a um point earlier that, you know, hey, you know, if a cop is involved in a shooting, he or she gets administrative leave while they investigate. Okay. Yeah. So to see a football player playing football after you know, it it's you know, we know what he's done. He's playing football. It's like I have a problem with that. You know, playing football mm. or baseball or basketball is a privilege. It's not a right, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, it's sir. not a right. You know, to to have that lifestyle is, is a privilege. It's not a right. You know, so why does a cop, you know, right or wrong, you know, they have to sit out until the investigation is done. Why does the player get to play, you know, when he's been arrested for the crime that's still being investigated or what have you, you know? And, again, it's um, right on the heels of the Ray Rice thing. You would think that the 49ers ownership would have a little sensitivity with, you know, what's going on in the world right now.
0: Right. They don't. They go, but, but they don't. And, and it is where it is. Now, the Panthers, too, you know, they they did it still. It's just tone deaf, and that's just the way sports business yeah. are, I guess. Um, speaking that's of that sports business. Yeah, Zach, that's a damn shame. Yeah. Speaking of bad sports business, let's go to the NBA. I'm sure you know about the infamous email heard around the world, seen around the world, (laughs) when uh, the Atlanta Hawks um, owner dropped that email talking about how to pretty much, in essence, game the white fan, the white male middle-aged fan through his games. I'm sure you've seen the email already. And yep. we're just gonna talk about that for a minute. My wife and I had a d- spirited of debate of whether the, if the email was racist or not. I think it was it was it was very while he spewed some ignorance and stupidity in his email with regards to like how uh like like like, like basically saying that southern whites also want to scare the death of black people and saying that the <laughs> that the damn um uh, which is called the kiss cam was was quote unquote too black at times. Too
1: black. I yeah. think
0: exactly. I, I think that he was trying to figure out a way to increase his bottom line, and it, you know more and more so than it was racist. I mean, the term racist to me means using one's the certain one superiority of another person based on the, on the color of that person's skin, mm-hmm. and I think that he was just feeling out ignorance. But so I didn't think he was coming in out of at, at a racist front. So what do you think? Do you think that Livingston was very racist or do you think he was just an ignorant president trying to increase his bottom line in any way dynamic is necessary?
1: I'm gonna uh in this particular case, Scott, I'm gonna I agree with you. Um I agree that his comments okay. were ignorant. And um I kinda think that that type of conversation won't happen. Wouldn't happen if the front office looked like it did in you know for the Baltimore Ravens or some other teams mm-hmm. where it's mixed. Um, sometimes, uh, and that's just my opinion. He wouldn't say that in front of Ozzie News. Sure. You know. Um, well, now maybe exactly. he was trained <laughs> Okay. All right. So you got my point. Um, yeah. And the thing is, let's let's look at Atlanta. All right. Yeah. You know, why, he, why he's making, why he's doing his ignorant comments, you know. And the thing is, you know, unless you do a survey, you can't make that judgment. <laughs> okay, you can't say what's in, you can't, you can't, um, you can't, forget the term I'm trying to say, but, I mean, there's, but you can't, you can't make that statement for people when you haven't asked them. You know, maybe you should do a survey of his fans and see, you know, what their issue is. But, let's look right. at Georgia. How many people do you really know from Atlanta that are from Atlanta? You know, they're from Miami, exactly. Chicago, Detroit, uh, Philadelphia, um, a uh, New system. York. A lot of New- okay, thank you, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. um, it's in the south, for the most part, you know, not only is football big, but college football is big in that area. Okay, how many college yeah. teams do you have that are right in that area? Okay.
0: Georgia Tech Georgia
1: Thank you. And number three, when was the last time that the Atlanta Hawks were relevant? <laughs> okay.
0: It was so, fun to set them in the playoffs, but I get your point. I mean, they've been mediocre at best
1: the last. Since the 80s, right? Did they even do anything yeah. in the 90s? I don't remember that. Okay. So they
0: well, they 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 like they when well, we, we, they have Matumbo, Christian Laettner, they were okay. They would get beat by Chicago in the playoffs, but they were okay. I mean, they were like a forty, fifty win team, but that
1: was about it. That was probably the highlights. What was there. that?
0: Yeah. What was that? That was like that was like in the mid nineties when I think when, when Chicago first landed uh Ryman, around that time, like like in the mid to late nineties. So we're
1: talking
2: ninety four, ninety
0: five,
1: 97
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're talking mid All right. mid to mid nineties, basically. But that was a so, lot of time, but but I get your point.
1: So with as much distraction as there is sports, sports-wise, and oh by the way, the Falcons are a pretty popular draw there. Yeah. Um, right. Now they period. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And they, they've
1: actually even you know, when they had Diana you know, saying they've always been kind of relevant as far as the professional team. And of course, you had the Braves who were doing okay, you know. The, but let's just look at the there's so much sports competition in that area. Okay, even for the tallest teams that aren't good, like Georgia Tech, you know. Right. Okay, if the Hawks aren't relevant, let's start with these areas instead of blaming it on the fact that there are black people in your stand. Okay, 'cause now that comment sounds like what Donald Sterling was saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um I agree he was probably trying to brainstorm find ways to increase his bottom line, but there were other there's lower hang lower hanging fruit that he could have looked at. Besides making a comment that he did, if yeah. I can pick up the low hanging fruit, you know, I don't, I live in Dallas and I know what the, I know what their problem, and I see these things about it, the Atlanta market. You know, why can't he see him? You know, he gets paid a lot more money than I do, and plus, he lives <laughs> in it.
0: Yeah, and and, and 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 let's 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 take a look at his email. I mean, because. I mean, he started out, he started out okay,
2: uh-huh.
0: just okay. He started out okay. Again, I'm, I'm trying to I say okay in terms of his ignorance level. Um, but he said, you know, and I'm just going to just keep it short for you. Regarding game ops, I, I, we, I needed to start with some background. For the first couple of years, we owned the team, didn't focus much on game ops. Then one day, a light bulb went off. And Digging right. into why season ticket base is so small, I was told that it was because we didn't get 35 to 55-year-old white males in corporations to buy season tickets, and they are the primary demographic, which is true, by the way. They are the primary demographic of the NBA season ticket base, or season tickets around the league. Um, When I pushed further, again, I'm quoting Levinson, when I pushed further, folks generally shrugged their shoulders. Then I saw a look around the arena during the games and noticed the following. Okay, here we go. It's 70% black. Cheerleaders are black. Music is hip hop. At the bars, it's 90% black. And why didn't, what kind of offended me was there are a few fathers and sons at the games, which implies that, well, you know. Um, right. And, and, and the last bullet point was, well, second the last bullet point was like, we are, we're doing after games concerts to attract more fans and the concerts here are either hip-hop or gospel. Then he concludes that first part by saying, then I start looking around at other arenas. It's completely different. Even D.C. with a affluent black community never has been more than 15% black audience. So basically, again, he's looking, he's trying, he's brainstorming, throwing crap against the wall Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and see how to increase the bottom line of his business. I... It was just it just took a more of an ignorant turn, as you can see when he when he gets down into it. I mean he he he, he pretty much says he says what he sees Instead yeah. of black curious of most of black the music's up because hello you you are in Atlanta, right but right I don't think it's a problem of the fans, I think it's a problem, and he's alluded to this, I think that white 35- to 55-year-old white males don't want to come to the game. And in his clumsy attempt, he's trying to figure out why. I don't think, like I said, that's why I don't think he was being racist at that point. I think that it was uncomfortable how he's describing this in an email, no less, I the think he's trying to improve his business. It's like one of those things oh. Like, how do you, like, yeah, if you have a black um, talk show host, for a talk show host, you're trying to diversify your portfolio as your audience. How do you cater to the majority or, or, or whoever the demographic is to tune to your show? It's kind of the same way, but it gets more and more reckless in the email. Because this, this is what I'm about, to, the third I'm about to read to you, Chris, and I'm, I'm going to let, uh, let you chime in after I finish, I promise. Mm-hmm. This is where he decided to get more and more recklessly ignorant. Quote, my theory is that the black crowd scared away the whites. <coughs> there are simply not enough affluent black fans to build a significant season ticket face. Please don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong, there's nothing threatening rather going on in the area back then, arena back then. I never felt uncomfortable but I think Southern whites simply are, were not comfortable being in an arena or at a bar where they're in the minority. So basically he called all Southern whites racist, A, and B, scared of black folks.
2: So, okay. <laughs>
1: now, now with <laughs> okay, that comment, it's kind of like, well, okay, he's coming to that conclusion, and it's not, that conclusion is not a racist conclusion. Okay, because I'm sure you can find a lot of people who might make that same exact statement using different um, observations, which is what he mm-hmm. used, observations. So, you know, and what he said may or may not be true because, again, you know, a company does a survey. You know, that's, I mean, that's why, I mean, he he admitted he wasn't in, in operations. There may be a reason for that. You know, maybe he should have had right. You need to do a survey first to figure out, okay, what's going on. You know let's do a survey he, and it doesn't cost him a lot of money to do a survey. You know with taking in you're looking at the economies of scale, he could do a survey it'll cost him maybe you know between maybe maybe forty thousand dollars to survey a certain area. You know let's say he wants to target the group that he's looking for. If he knows where they live, he can send out a survey and ask people. And let them tell them, you know, let them tell him why, instead of him making that particular supposition. So, um, ignorance was all around with him, you know. Um, <sighs> that's what companies do; they do surveys, you know. Why didn't he just do a survey? But the thing is, if he made the observation, somebody—I mean, yeah—he should be, you know. I think, you know, okay, that, dude, you can't when you, when you make comments, you can't do that, you know. You can't talk like that. Um that's wrong, but does he deserve to lose his te- lose his stake in a team for that? I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about that. I think that's part of what, you know, this part of it, this part of the segment was about. Should he lose his team? I don't know about that. I don't know right. that he should. That's my opinion. Well, here's the thing. I
0: I don't think he would be in danger. I don't think he should, first of all. Secondly, I I don't think that he would be in this danger if it went from Donald Sterling, okay. Right, right. I think the NBA is in is in sensitivity overload, if you will, and, and for good reason. Pendulum, right. pendulum,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Pendulum so exactly, swinging. Exactly, yeah.
0: it's a pendulum effect. You know, and the thing is, is that if, if Donald Sterling didn't show his ass way back when, frankly, Sterling should have been out the league a long time ago. But that's another story. But at any rate, if he didn't show his ass. Like 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 during the playoffs, I think the most that would have happened was that they would they, that the Hawks would have called a press conference. Maybe Silver, out of Silver, the, the, the NBA Commission would have been there, maybe not. And the owner Livingston, the majority owner, would have just apologized for his actions, like he did. He made a Hawk. I thought was a, was a good apology, and just kept it moving. That's why I think would have happened if Don Sterling never happened. But since Don yeah. Sterling happened, he put it upon himself, Levinson put it upon himself to sell the team to, to pretty much I guess discipline himself or make that money, oh. which is another okay. discussion too because keep in mind right. that the Clippers sold for $2 billion and, and the Hawks being in the major market it's, it should stand to sell for at least a cool
1: build, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that because the thing is Donald Sterling, the difference between him and Donald Sterling is that Donald Sterling at least fought for it, okay? Yeah. You know, he, you know whether it was for show or for real, he fought. You know, he, you know, had his lawyers fighting injunction here, suit here. He did something, at least try to stay. Uh, for what I understand, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen the evidence that this gentleman tried to stay with the Hawks. Okay. Which tells me he's not really passionate about it anyway. That's what that tells me. Yeah. You know, and, and so going yeah. back to what you said, maybe he's just trying to cash in because he thinks that there's a possibility to get some money. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say, and that's what it appears.
0: And here's another thing that some people do not realize. Sure, he's the majority owner of the group, of the ownership group, but that ownership group functional as hell because Levinson lives in D.C., the other owners live in Atlanta, and apparently there's been some kind of, I don't know, like a power play to get Levison out. So, the, the, so basically the thing how the email to came to light. Uh-huh. Keep going, keep going. Oh, no, I was going to say, the email came to light due to one of the other owners pretty much leaking it, if you will. Yeah. And okay. remember what the other owner, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, he pretty much came down on him and Danny Ferry, is your manager for what he said about Lou Harting, which we'll touch on in a minute as well.
2: Mm-hmm. But Good.
0: but 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 you're about to make a point so I'll let you make it.
1: Well, wasn't this the same ownership group that let the um the thrashers go? Okay. Yep. See, so you're saying that they were dysfunctional back then because they couldn't keep the thrashers there. You know, because they kept yeah. saying it was a losing franchise. Well, you got a lot of losing franchises in hockey. All you do is turn them around, so they let them go. This is the same ownership group that let them go. So yeah, there's major dysfunction there. You know, this is just a part of it. And, In fact, again, the fact that he's not fighting it tells you that there's issues going on there. He's not fighting it at all. He said, "Okay, I'm out." You know, why would he do that? Mm-hmm. You know, why would, if if there's opportunity to make money and you have that position and you're in that position, why would you just let it go? You know. So yeah, I agree with you. There's something else going on in it. We're not just we're just not aware of. But yeah, right. that's totally dysfunctional.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. So 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 I guess we're in agreement that Levinson was not being racist. At least in the same vitriol as Donald Sterling. He was going about an ignorant attempt, clumsily ignorant attempt to improve the bottom line of his, well, soon-to-be ex-franchise.
1: Yeah, as, as much as I don't like what said, I do agree with that assessment that, yeah, he was trying to find out ways to make the comp- the he wanted to say the company, but the team more profitable. Right. I agree with that. Right,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: And um, so one
0: more thing since we got 15 minutes left, I want to get in Danny Ferry. Um, you know the GM. Danny Fed, what he said about Lou Alding, saying that quote he has an African in him, and he was basically reading an email or well, not email, but a scout report that said that. But to me, it's kind of like if you read if you and I are reading something in front of like a mixed crowd, and and that report contained like a, an, an epithet towards Asians, towards yep. whites, towards Jewish yep. people, towards Hispanics. You wouldn't read it. I wouldn't read it no. out loud. I would say bleep or whatever. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the epithet. I wouldn't say the stereotypical whatever. We would just read it. Nonchalantly read it. Now you and I both have I fair share a friend, non black friends, who's probably done something stupid similar to that. Whether it's repeating the lyric of a rap song, the N word in a rap song or saying M-word a different contexts in front of us and in, mm-hmm. in, a, in an awkward context. I mean, how many times has that happened around us? It happened around me several times.
1: But It's happened around me several things, times since I've been here.
0: Yeah, exactly. So basically the question is, should Danny Ferry lose his job first?
1: Should he lose his
0: job as your own manager?
1: Again, I go back to, you know, what I was saying before about, you know, if the front office looked like, um, you know, some workplaces that are well diversified, you probably wouldn't say stuff like that because you would look around at your company, and say, "Oh, if the people who you are with," and say, "Oh, well, this is not appropriate." Or, mm-hmm. and here's the bigger part: you might have to, you might be able to take it upon yourself to to look at it and say, "You look at what's re- being read. Oh, man, no, I'm not going to read the rest of that. Maybe you will summarize and say." Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. let it go. You don't have to. You don't have to share that stuff. So it's ignorance. So you got the general manager you know, and one of the partners that are ignorant. You know, um, right. is it worth losing your job over? I, I'm starting to, and as a black man, you know, this. I don't know how you know you even feel about this, but it's like, I mean, back when I was younger. I didn't mind having mm-hmm. someone occasionally ask me about my hair because they if they came from a certain part of the oh, country. yeah,
0: I got stories today about that, yeah.
1: Exactly. But it's kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> if they if he or she doesn't ask me, how are they going to learn? How are they going to know? You know, why should I take yeah. offense from asking an innocent question, even though I think it might be stupid? In my opinion, it's a sure. stupid question. For them, it might not be stupid. Right. They're trying to learn. so. Sometimes you take those chances, you take those opportunities and learning experiences. You try to teach somebody, you know. Hey, you know. Yes, I do. T- yes, I do. Sunburns, silly stuff that people may not know because of where they grow up. Number yeah. one, Dang Ferry. He went to Duke, correct? Yeah, right. Am I right? Okay. He played with um, Grant Hill. Am I right? And who? Someone else? Other? Fo- so he had well, he, where he, where around he him. came
0: before Grant Hill. He played with Billy King. He played with uh, a couple other black stars who get their names. But Billy King is a GM for the Brooklyn Nets, but he was one of his best friends, by the way. But he played
1: with him and a few others. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm thinking about Christian Lakener. We're talking about Danny Ferry. He is a little bit older. Anyway, yeah. there's still no excuse for that because, <laughs> I mean, he played right. basketball. Okay, so you already know there are certain things you can't say. You know, you already know there that, you know, uh, you. <laughs> had dorm mates, you had uh, teammates that you've talked to. You are you should know even though he's probably reading this guy in report verbatim just so everyone could hear it in the room. Dude, you call you basically you you, you called the guy uh, a scam artist. You using yeah. um a racial term. Okay. How yeah. right is that? <laughs> Where is it right now? You at, at some point you have to have something in your head that Says, you know what? This doesn't sound right. This is wrong. I'm not going to read this. Yeah, maybe he needs to go exactly. to sensitivity training. I don't know. Well, um, maybe be to at some point, point. you got to.
0: Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Basically, I was going to agree with you. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. you know, with, and it's a
0: whole hot mess with the uh, civil rights leaders wanting to speak to the Hawks, and they're mad that they're not going to talk to them, and. You no, know, it's a whole big clusterfuck. It's it, it, it's a hot mess in hot right now.
1: Well, I I can figure that. it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, is if this doesn't teach us anything. It should teach us that the insincerity of being educated is being ignorant.
2: You know, yeah. when you when
0: you don't when you don't allow yourself to be around different groups of people, different cultures, different racial groups, ethnicities, what have you, you start making assumptions. Okay. You start me like like in the case of the owner. Assuming that, you know, whites won't come to the games primarily because of the black of the black atmosphere of of, of downtown Atlanta. Um, even though those same white folks would go to Atlanta Falcons games. Right. They used to go to Thrashers games. Right. And the Thrashers were in Atlanta. But at any rate. Or we would go to Georgia Tech games. You right. You know what I mean? But Nevertheless, he would have, you know, you know, those assumptions, assuming that you know, blacks come to, like the reason why they they that the crowd don't it's not because the majority of black crowds late to games and, and 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 basically very assuming that he could read the term used to describe Lou All-Dang and think it's okay, it's 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 it just. And, and this is coming from two guys that should know better. So like mm-hmm. I said, you know, being rich and affluent doesn't necessarily mean you're smart. And being look <coughs> smart, in Danny Ferry's case, doesn't, think you're common, doesn't necessarily make you common sense smart. It's mm-hmm. just all about recognizing, you know, just, 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 just being aware, self-awareness. You know, and, and, and like I said before, that comes to being educated. Not just educated book book wise, but being educated just yes, well rounded wise, if you will. Not necessarily street wise, but just being around different cultures, being different around groups of people, being around different groups of people who are not like yourself. You tend to learn more. You tend to learn. You tend to learn more about different things, and makes you more well rounded.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: you know, like I said before, if you're not doing that, and a lot of people aren't. From, no matter what race or ethnicity you are or religion mm-hmm. you are, you know, that's just, I mean, let's just, I mean, that's just be honest about it. I mean, we're just, that just breeds ignorance. Ignorant people, and, and this begins ignorance. And mm-hmm. so you get those comments like that. You get people asking questions like that. You get people like that asking you questions ask, that ask me questions, you know. And many more of us that get those questions asked. And so it's just a sad commentary, but I think just take that you know, just it, just get out more. If people just get out more, you have less ignorance, and you just have a better world, whether it's world of business or it's in, or it's social area. You know, it just it just is that. I
1: will I will say this, Scott. Um, mm-hmm. I, I grew up on the South Side of Chicago, um, which was majority African American. I had the opportunity to go to a grade school and a high school that were not in my neighborhood where I was able to have friends who were from all different races, okay? Yeah. I was fortunate enough to have parents that were, uh, that did not preach any type of hate into me as far as racism goes. I went to a college, as you know, that was small, it was mostly Caucasian, but at the same time, it forced a lot of us to interact with each other. So I've been fortunate to be able to um, come out, you know, when I came out as an adult into the real world and be injected into the world, to be able to relate to a lot of different people, not have a lot of silly questions to ask, ask, or, you know, because I I hung out with all sorts of people. I mean, I I can tell you today, in high school, my social group was made out of, You know, Caucasians, blacks, Asians, Hispanics, okay, from all different Mm -hmm. social um, and, you know, all different, you know, socioeconomic areas. I mean, that's what my my group was like. Um, When I went to college, I had friends who were black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you know, and Indian you know i i mean it, it was easy for me and oh yeah i did have indian friends in in high school okay so it's kind of like for me i was you know, i had the opportunity to interact with all different races so when i came out it was easy for me to um to get along in this world and to see things you know i don't have to be you know hypersensitive i'm not hypersensitive
2: you know but also
1: and i'm so i can be a little more objective because i can see things through other people's eyes okay I can also empathize with other people, you know, who are not, you know, African-American and understand what they're seeing, you know, how they see the world, okay? That's just my life. Imagine what life would be like if there were a lot of people that had the opportunity to grow up like I did, you know, who maybe they're Caucasian, but they went to, you know, school or lived in a neighborhood where there were all sorts of races, that, you know, they yeah. went to a college that they interacted with all races, not saying because you can go to a big school, that's, you know, multicultural and still interact with who you're most comfortable with, okay? Right. So, but if you interacted, if you were forced to interact with people that didn't look like you, didn't think like you, um, and you interacted with them, and then you were injected into the world where you were like that, what would your um, take on the world be? And there are people like that, you know, of all of our races right. here in, a, in this country. You know we have the opportunities there are people like that in all of our you know every you know race or shade here that had the opportunity to interact with all different races, okay what we're seeing sometimes is what's on the extreme, what's on the left or the right, you know the ones that may not have had the opportunity like the rest of us did to mix with each other and to understand things and to look at world and look at the world in the eyes of other people. Maybe they're the ones that you know, had, you know, this is called white privilege where, you know, the, you, everything you do is, you know, kind of hoity-toity and geared towards white. Maybe you lived, grew up in an inner city that everything was black and, you know, um, the only time you ever saw white people in the neighborhood was the cops. And then you, that's what your world is. Maybe you, and I know people like that, okay? Maybe you only interacted with whatever your subculture is, you know, from where your, co- your parents immigrated here, and you, only inter- you really only stay in your subcultures you injected into society. You have your own ideas. You know, we, those are never really widely publicized, but there are, you know, even within the mon- minorities in this country, there are different racial views, you know, which aren't as exposed as, you know, right. the the ones between Caucasians and the African-Americans. But they're there. We all have, I mean, that's yeah. what, in this country when everyone is so divided, you know, you get that because we don't always interact with each other. I mean, you think about right. the fact that there are so many churches here that meet on Sunday, but yet... You know, it's said that that's the most segregated time during the whole entire week. Yes, it is. It's when
2: people go <laughs> to church.
1: Why would you think uh, that is? You know, you'd think that you'd have more mixture in church, but apparently that's not the way it is in this country. So we just have to, Yeah, you know, I got 90 understand. seconds, bro. Okay, yeah. I'll let you finish.
0: No, oh, no, 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 no. I say I got 90 seconds. I wish we could do this longer because we could talk about this all night. So... So basically, man, as the saying goes, it is what it is, bro. <laughs> um, so I don't think at this point, I don't, Yeah, exactly. So I don't think I, I don't. I mean, I don't think that the uh, should lose his job. I think he's used as a learning tool, a teachable yes. moment, and yes. you know, same same with Levinson. But you know, he's been telling us so. There you go. Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks a lot for making short notes of this and. Uh, Join me on short notice. I enjoyed it. it. was fun, man. Peace. All
1: right. I agree. Later. All
0: right. That's my man, Chris Lupe. Talking to, to discussing Roger Goodell and a great discussion on Bruce Levinson and Danny Ferry. wish I had more time, but anyway, thanks for listening. This is Scott Burst of The Clown Hour. Tune um, in, take care, and check me out on Facebook and online on Twitter as well. I'm out.